What community sounds like? Stay open. Hey guys, this is Chris from Tap the Craft. I want to tell you about a new partner that we have for the show, B Cups. B Cups is the world's first line of style-specific beer cups for people on the go. Whether by the beach, pool, hiking, or on the boat, B Cups are great for any place you can't use glassware. They're dishwasher safe, lightweight, BPA-free, recyclable, and so clear that they often get mistaken for glass. They come as four packs on Amazon.com, but two packs and variety packs are available on their website at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S dot net. Go check it out. Hello, craft beer friends, and welcome to another episode of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and I have no partner tonight. Yes, I am solo, the lone ranger, talking about craft beer tonight. Sorry, I know everyone enjoys having, uh, you know, more than just one voice to kind of, you know, break things up, but uh, you're going to have to deal with me. We had uh, a last-minute... Uh, emergency come up on uh, Mr. McKenzie's side and I hope that everything is going well with him and it's okay. I can do this alone. I've done it before and I'll probably do it again. As we normally do, we like to talk about what is in our glass because it is a craft beer show so we want to drink craft beer as we talk about it. And in my glass tonight is Payette Brewing's Slaughterhouse India Style Red Ale. This is a red ale with a little bit of a twist of a little India uh, hoppiness to it. You know, a little hop flavor, aroma, but still, it's pretty malty. It's a pretty good red ale. I enjoy red ales, uh, and this one's pretty good. It's a local one here from the Boise area. So I'm sure that anyone in the area has had it. And if you hadn't, Payette is distributing around the Idaho area. So uh, go find it and give it a try. All right, well, because I'm by myself, we're just going to get right into this show. But before we do that, I have to go ahead and let everyone that's new listening to the show know that this is not a normal show. Normally, I have someone else to talk to. But just keep in mind that this is kind of how the flow goes normally just with two people chatting away. But we are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to help you, our listener, along in your craft beer journey. And you're listening to episode 118. I'm recording on Monday, January 28th, 2019. And in this episode, we will be discussing, or I mean, I will be discussing, the Swartz Beer Style Guidelines. Wow, Swartz Beer. It sounds very fancy. It sounds scary, even. It's obviously a German style, and it's a dark beer. And I know how a lot of new people to craft beer they're often very scared about those darker beers because they think they're going to be too much flavor for them. Well, guess what? Let's find out how much flavor is in this thing by talking about it later on in the show. Uh, it is a beer style that I have been seeing around. Uh, more and more breweries are starting to brew this and, and, and have it on their tap list. And I want to make sure that our listeners know that when they see this beer, what to expect. Don't be scared of it. Go ahead and, and order up a taster of it. And find out 
after you know, listen to us, listen to me talk about it, whether or not this is something that you're really going to enjoy or not. I think you will enjoy it. You can enjoy some just oddball conversation that I'll throw in. You know, I, I love to talk about beer, so I'm sure I'm going to go off on some tangents. And, uh, you know, just bear with me. We'll be fine. Okay. So uh, at this point, I would talk about truck brewing, but I don't have any updates from John. And we'd also talk about some beer-related activities. And guess what? I really don't have any beer-related activities. So let's just go in to some of my new and noteworthy beers that I have been drinking since our last episode. And I'm starting off with one that, you know, it's a five-cap beer. And again, you know, I've been trying to hold back on those five-cap ratings. But there's a reason why this one is not just a a four and a half, uh, four and a quarter, uh, even a four. It's And I'll talk about it here in a second. But this beer is from Firestone Walker. It's called the Mind Haze New England IPA. It comes in 12-ounce cans in six-packs. And it's a New England-style IPA. It's a really good New England-style IPA. Is it the best one I've ever had? No. But it is fantastic. Why did I give it a five-cap rating? I'll tell you why. Because this beer, in a lot of ways, is equal to some of those great, expensive New England IPAs and double IPAs that we've been buying a lot of. But at a lot cheaper price, this beer is a, a standard, regular Cost beer, a buck seventy nine a can. And that is unheard of because most of these New England IPAs are going for four, five, six, seven dollars for a sixteen ounce can. I'm getting a twelve ounce can for a buck seventy nine. You know what? That right there is worth an extra bump up in the old cap rating, and that's what I did. I gave this thing a five cap rating. If you can find Firestone Walker, mind haze in your area. I say pick up a six-pack. It is well worth the uh, inexpensive amount you're going to pay for it. So that's my first one. The next one is going a little bit darker here. Everyone knows if you listen to this show at at all that I am a big fan of the Schutz Brewery. And one of my favorite beers is their Black Butte Anniversary Porter, Imperial Porter, that's released every year. Well, I went ahead and popped open my uh, uh, Anniversary 29 bottle. And... Um, I enjoyed it. It's good, but I only gave it a four cap rating. Normally I give this beer like a five because I love, I love what they do. But every year they changed up the recipe a little bit. And this year, well, actually last year, this is last year's bottle. They changed it up uh, quite a bit. And it wasn't that it was bad. It was just different. And what was different about it? This one had a lot of chocolate and a lot of barrel like, uh, you know, barrel-aged uh, dis- uh, distilled liqueur flavor, and it was boozier than normal. Normally, this, uh, this, this beer is chock full of dark fruits, like figs, dates, plums, you know, things that like that, those kind of flavors that come out in the, in the finish. Uh, this one had, like I said, a lot of chocolate, a little bit boozy, and they threw in some cayenne pepper, I think, to give it a little bit of heat, but it wasn't too noticeable, right? It wasn't over over the top. It, it kind of mellowed out a little bit of that chocolate, but it was a little bit different. That's why I dumped it down to a four cap rating instead of a five is that it's good, but it's just not what I was expecting. I was really expecting the, the, the more traditional um, Imperial, uh, the uh, more traditional Black Butte Anniversary L style. 
And the last beer that I'm going to talk about is another, this is, or actually is a local brewery. This brewery has only been around for about a year and a half now, almost a year and a half. It's from Lost Grove. I've talked about Lost Grove. We went to their opening back a year and a half ago, and I wasn't very impressed. And in the last couple months, I have been trying more and more of their beers from around town. Uh, I haven't gone back to the brewery since that opening, but I think I need to go back and try their beers a little bit more. This one is the Lost Grove Ghost Town Coffee Porter. And what I'll tell you about this is this was a very good porter alone. Just a porter alone, very good. Nice, uh, not too robust, uh, dark, roasty malt, kind of more of a toasty, toasty uh, malt. But the coffee flavor was done very well, not overdone. Just a, a slight hint in the finish that there was coffee in there. Didn't add any bitterness to it. Super smooth. A very good porter. Gave this this beer a four-cap rating. So there's my beers. I hope you guys uh, have an opportunity to try these. I recommend them a lot. All right, so a quick reminder. We do have a voicemail number. We did not get any voicemail feedback this episode, but if you want to leave us a voicemail, you should do that. It's very easy. Just call us at 208-536-3359 or... If you like a little bit different, you know, name play here, 20853oddly. Very easy, 53oddly, 20853oddly. If you do this, if you leave a voicemail before February 28th, you will be entered into a contest. Yes, we do have a contest going on right now from our sponsor, B Cup. B Cup offers up some great glassware, but it's not really made of glass. It's made of a very nice plastic, I guess. I'm not sure what the, the right uh, name for it, but it's a glassware you can go and use outside. It's, it's, it's outside friendly, and you can get a four-pack of these, these, uh, these cups uh, just by entering our contest by leaving a voicemail. You have until February 28th, and uh, we will be announcing the winner. Uh, we did have some feedback, uh, quite a bit of feedback. So I'll start it off. I, I'd, I'd love to break this up a little bit so you guys don't get tired of my voice, but guess what? You, you're stuck with me. So kicking it off, we had our buddy Tom Joseph. He sent an email. This is a pretty lengthy email. He had a lot to say. So let's start it off. He says, hello, guys. I just finished episode 117, another great show. Now, after hearing all of your beer year in review from Untapped, I am either proud or really, really embarrassed at the amount of beer I had last year. Here are some of the highlights and lowlights. He checked into 467 beers, and 464 of them were unique. Great job, Tom. From 189 different breweries. Nice, very nice. Uh, and he says, just like John, Vale made the, the uh, his list of top check-ins. So he had... Uh, I'm just going to go off the top three. He had Triple Crossing at 35 check-ins, The Vale at 25, and Aslan Brewing at 23. Uh, he says he was lucky enough to have a buddy visit Treehouse and bring back a ton. And he traded, and he, he says, I traded for several too. My top five styles were no surprise at all. American IPA, New England IPA, Imperial IPA, Pale Ale, and Triple IPA. Well, we guess we know how Tom... Uh, you know, how he likes his beer. He likes some hoppy and all IPAs and throw in a pail there just for good measure. He says, my top rated beer style was a surprise, though. 
Stouts beat out double and triple IPAs. I tried to drink more styles I don't generally like this past year. Obviously, the stouts I chose were pretty good. Still don't see, or he says, still don't see porters on that list. I'm trying, though. So he had, uh, his highest rating was Imperial Stouts at, at uh, 4.45, then the double IPA at 4.18, and then a triple IPA at 4.13. Those are his av av average uh, top-rated beers. He says, I drank in five states last year. I think I need to work on that part this year. I don't normally go out to breweries or bars to drink. Trading beers has been my gateway to trying so many different breweries and beers. Fortunately, I live in a place where they make sought-after New England IPAs, and the trade value is high. It has worked out. All right, so now he wanted to throw in a little bit extra. He says, hey, here's just a quick top five list. No sense in doing all my top beers. They are all Virginia and or New England IPAs, and somehow Imperial Double Stouts. I will instead list my top five bucket list breweries I got to try this year. So the first one, he already mentioned, Treehouse out of Massachusetts. I have had some Treehouse before, but this year I had it quite a bit. It is always consistent and delicious. I would still like to visit it myself, and maybe, so maybe that will be on my bucket list for this year. Hey, good job. Go, go to Massachusetts, not that far away. Uh, number two, Hill Farmstead in Vermont. This is one of those breweries, like Alchemist, that is up north and hard to get to. So when I was offered in a trade, I jumped on it. Based on how hard to get it and all the buzz, I expected more. All three I had were exceptional, just not amazing. And you know what? I think Tom brings up a very good point. Uh, a lot of times there's a lot of hype surrounding it around certain beers or certain breweries and, and you hear from, from people and see them checking in and untapped or talking about other uh, websites or you hear word of mouth and you just hear about how these great beers and when you finally get your hands on it and you go to drink it, you're like, that's what all the fuss is about? Now, is it a bad beer? No, it's a good beer, but you had so much hype built up and maybe at the time of when this beer was released, there was something special going on or, or maybe there wasn't a lot going on and it just stood out among the, the norm and, and thus got kind of hyped up. You know, I've had, I've talked about a number of beers that I had that just, you know, they weren't fives. They were like four, you know, fours, uh, cap ratings and, and, and some were even lower than four, you know, cause it really didn't live up to the hype. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of hard. So, before I forget, Treehouse is definitely on my bucket list. I want to try their beers, and I want to visit the brewery. Uh, Hill Farmstead, another brewery that I would love to visit when I'm in the, the Northeast. Um, so it's on my list also. The third one he mentions is Monkish out of California. He said, I ended up, or I ended 2018 getting Hill Farmstead and Monkish in the same month. Both of the Monkish beers were amazing. They have the same feel and taste as the Vale beers, so I was not disappointed. I was super excited to find out, or to finally, I was super excited about finally getting to try these. <clears throat> so Monkish is, yeah, I wouldn't mind trying Monkish. If I get down into the uh, Southern California area, I, I will for sure uh, visit Monkish. Uh, one day I'll get down there. I want to go visit our buddy Chew Your Beer. And, uh, and of course, I have some other friends down there, too, I'd love to, to spend some time with. Number four, Heist 
out of North Carolina, and I have had Heist, and Heist is very good. He says, I had heard good things about this new brewery and wanted to try it out. Beers were great. I agree. They were great. And the last one he mentions is Foley Brothers in Vermont. This is a brewery I didn't know I needed to try. I researched and called around to any place I am going to visit and try to find info on cool breweries and bottle shops. Plattsburgh, New York has a gas station that has huge beer cooler called the Craft Beer Cellar. And it happened to be real close to the airport. I exchanged texts with someone there and grabbed some cans before my flight out of town. He, she texted me some suggestions. Incredible beers. I was able to pick up some of Hoofhearted and McKellar, or Mickler uh, as well. But Foley Brothers stood out as some of the best IPAs I had this year or ever. They were so smooth and had that distinct aroma and taste of the New England IPAs. And he finishes off saying, thanks again for doing the show, guys. Well, thank you, Tom, for writing in some awesome emails like this. I love hearing from our listeners, sharing great beers that we all need to try one day. And now I need to put Foley Brothers uh, out of Vermont on my list because that, uh, that sounds pretty good. I like good New England IPAs. Okay, uh, now going uh, to some other feedback we had on Twitter. Craft Beer Joe, at Craft Beer Joe, mentioned... On Twitter, I just started the episode and will try to finish it later, but I have to comment that North High Brew needs to be, needs to rename that double IPA to break on through to the double side. I agree. I agree. Break on through to the double side. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to sing, but hey, good, good suggestion. I completely agree. All right. Now our buddy Chris McKenzie, he, he put out on our Facebook page a question. And uh, we had some great response. I also repeated the question on Twitter, and we had some responses on Twitter also. So let me go ahead and read the question. It says, you have one chance to introduce a friend who has never had a beer before to craft beer. Which beer do you choose to give him? So you want to introduce someone who, who's never had a beer before, and instead of introducing them to something that, you know, is around, uh, that everyone's heard about, Budweiser, Miller, all that stuff, you want to go ahead and introduce them into something more craft-like, more, you know, like what we enjoy. That's why we're listening to the show, because we like craft beer. So what beer do you give them? So we had some great responses. Tom Joseph said All Day IPA. That's from Founders. Matthew Helmer said Mad Tree Psychopathy. Why? Did, how did I not know that Matt Helmer was going to go ahead and say that. That's his favorite beer. He loves that beer. Joe Easton, Craft Beer Joe, I think I'd avoid anything too abrasive or bold. Maybe a fat tire. Okay, fat tire from New Belgium. That might be an option. Kyle Lilly says, maybe something light and smooth like a cream ale, especially on nitro. Odd side bean flicker comes to mind. Hey, he knows if you listen to the show back a few years ago, uh, this is a beer I need to get. When I visit Michigan... Uh, to the Grand Rapids guys, go visit my Flexipose pals. I'm going to stop in and get some Bean Flicker. I need that beer. I love the name. Matthew Laney, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Uh, hey, who? That's a that's a classic. Jay Collins says same same with Sierra Nevada Pale Ale or a Foothills Brewing Torch Pilsner. There you go. Sometimes a a, a good easy drinking Pilsner is a good choice. You've got to be careful though. Make sure it's not. Uh, too strong in the flavor. Maybe some of that, uh, you know, Pilsner uh, Noble Hop 
bitterness that can come around might be a little bit too much. Steve Korsman says, do South Coastline Lager. Yeah, lagers are great for new, for new people to beer, especially, you know, some of the lighter flavored ones. Uh, Ryan James, he says, depends on what they drink. For a bud guy, may go to, uh, may go to Scrimshaw Pilsner. Hey, I can't complain about that. I love Scrimshaw Pilsner. We did a show on it. And I think we all, we, John and I both agreed that this is a perfect beer for anyone new to craft beer. So that's a good choice. Uh, let's see. Dan Rossi, uh, simple. Hef, red oak, if domestic. Weinstuffen, if imported. Okay. Uh, I think a Hefeweizen could be a good one if, as long as it's not too, uh, too much flavor, right? Uh, sometimes the mouthfeel might throw them off. Maybe if the Hef has, a uh, bit too much clove or banana character might throw them off. Uh, Vine Stefan can be a little much. It could be a little bit flavorful, but it could also be the thing that kind of lures them in. It's a great beer. I love the beer. I drink this a lot when I go to Israel. It's one of the ones that are offered at most places, and it's a, it's a go-to. So, yeah, that's not too bad. David Makazuki, Mother Earth. Cali Creamin, very smooth and non-threatening. Or how about the Carl Strauss Wind and, Wind and Sea Wheat? A very flavorful Hefeweizen with plenty of banana flavors and not overly beer-like. Good point. If it's not, you know, too beery, people might enjoy it. And both those beers, the Cali Creamin Ale and, uh, you know, a good Hefeweizen with some of that banana flavor they can kind of uh, remind people more of like a, a soda, right? A, a carbonated drink, like a, like a soda versus beer. So, no, I can see where those would be uh, would be good. Uh, okay, then going on to some of our Twitter responses, uh, Fred French, he says, I'd go with a stout. Wow, Fred, this is pretty bold. I had a friend who was a Miller Lite diehard. I twisted his arm a bit to try it. Now he's always texting me new beers he tried. Because of your podcast, I have two people who really like craft beers. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you, Fred French. Uh, we really appreciate the feedback. And it's fantastic that you're able to use our show to help get other people, other, your other friends, involved in craft beer and become hobbyists just like you and me and everyone else that's listening. And... um Wow, the stout. I mean, I'm glad that the stout is working for you, but that is a beer that can be very tough to get someone new to beer to try because the dark color, it really scares people. The one thing I hear most about people that aren't familiar with beer is, I don't want a dark one. And I always ask, well, why? Well, because dark is going to be too flavorful. I was like, no, not necessarily. I mean, the IPA is going to be a lot more flavorful and, and, and shocking to your system than a stout. But a stout can be a little bit, you know, if it's a, if it's, if it's got a bitter finish, uh, on a stout, if it's too, too bold, it could be too much for him. But if it is like a milk stout or a, you know, a, like a chocolate milk stout or a cream stout or something that is creamy and, and smooth and silky and not too much, too bold on the dark malts, uh, it could be very good beer for people to try. So you gotta be real, real careful with that one. Uh, Amanda Arguire, uh, a Founders All Day IPA, another another Founders there. She says, light but hoppy. That way, they are exposed to hops first and can simmer down to sweeter beers. Harder to go from sweet to bitter, in my opinion. You know, Amanda, great point. 
if you can find a nice, easy, lighter flavored IPA that at least gets them exposed to what the hop flavors can do, that's a great idea. Um, and there, and yeah, Founders All Day IPA is a good choice. I think even like that Mind Haze that I already talked about that I just gave a five cap rating to, another very good choice that's, that's got flavor, uh, and, and it's not, not bitter and it's not too sweet. And it's just kind of a good, uh, you know, good option to, to try that, to, to see the flavors you can get into a beer. So yeah, good, good point. Uh, Derek, uh, on Twitter says blondes are golden ales. And then clones are people too. Hmm. It'd be a toss up between Mad Tree, Thunder Snow, or Kindred Brewing Salvage Porter. Wow. So uh, I'm thinking Thunder Snow must be a dark beer because Salvage Porter is probably a dark, you know? I really should have. I was hoping that, uh, Chris was going to be on here so that, uh, and he would have some, uh, reference for what Thunder Snow is. But let me just go ahead and do a quick, uh, search here and Thunder Snow is a Scottish ale. Oh, wow. Yeah. Scottish ales can be great. They, they can, um, be a little sweet for people, but hey, I'm, I love Scottish ale. So, uh, yeah, sounds good to me. Sounds good to me for sure. Okay. Now, some of my suggestions, uh, if I were to try to give a, a beer to someone, again, it depends on where we're at. If we're at a brewery, it's going to, you know, be a style type thing. Uh, but if I'm just bringing beer or I have someone coming over that is, is new to beer or doesn't have any beer, I'll have some of these choices around for them to try. And the first one I'm going to just talk, these are in no big order, no, no order. Full sale session lager. I've talked about full sale session lagers before. There's a variety of different ones of them and they're all really approachable and easy to drink and have, and a good way to start off someone is not familiar with beer. Now, they do taste like beer, though. So if you don't want to give something that tastes like beer, then you might steer to something a little bit different. But they are uh, lighter in that beer flavor that doesn't, you know, uh, you know, offend people too easily. I also said Mother Earth Cali Cream and Ale, just like David Makazuki did. And then uh, another local one that I really enjoy is from Payette Brewing. I'm drinking a Payette beer right now. It's the North Fork Lager, a really nice uh, light or uh, amber lager, uh, very easy to drink. Uh, I mean, just really fantastic. I, I like to drink a few six-packs of those every so often. And then one that I really enjoy that if we go to White Dog Brewing uh, that, I, that I always suggest someone new to try is the River Ale, and that's the hybrid ale lager that's really crisp, clean, easy-drinking, uh, really, really uh, a super beer. Okay, that's our feedback. And if you would like to contact the show with your comments, questions, or feedback, uh, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com, just like Tom did, or on Twitter, just follow us at tapthecraft. And of course, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tapthecraft. And remember, we have that voicemail line. Get your voicemails in at 20853-ODDLY. All right. Now it's come to this time of the show where I want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting our show. They provide the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that I'm putting out right now, I know you're going to find some other great content like the following. 
Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny, John, and Chris. Hey, and if you want to check out more great podcasts, check out the Open Form Radio Network over at openformradio.com. We have such podcasts such as Open Form Radio Proper, Facetious, Geeks for the Win, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gaming Vessels, Slash Attainment, and Conspiracy Otter. Hey, thank you so much for checking out Tap the Craft today, and please leave these fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this great show. Hey, thanks again for listening. All right. Now it's time for the Brew Buzz segment. The Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. And this week, we will discuss the Schwarzbier style guidelines according to the Beer Judge Certification Program 2015 style guidelines. And as I already mentioned, uh, oh, maybe I didn't mention, I, I think I might have mentioned that I love this style of beer. It's not put out enough in my opinion and i'm glad that i'm seeing more and more breweries try this style and put it out there that now we need to get people to drink it because i think they're too scared they see that dark beer and they they just want to run away from it but it's not it's not a beer that you should run away from it's got a lot of stuff going on and i hope that i can convince you after this episode to go out and try it when you see it on a tap list so this is beer is part of the dark European lager category, and that category contains German Volbier lagers darker than amber brown color. And we mentioned Volbier in uh, one of our early shows. When we were talking about German beers, and uh, you know what? I just can't remember what the heck Volbier stands for. So again, as I'm chatting with you, I will go to Google. And I will look this up because I wasn't prepared. And uh, let me see what it says. Volbier, uh, an antiquated German federal beer tax category. Okay, so it falls into the Volbier German beer tax category. And I thought it had to do something with taxes, but I didn't want to speak out of turn, so I looked it up. Okay, now... Going right into the Schwartz beer. Uh, Schwartz beer literally means black beer in German. And while sometimes called a black pills, the beer is rarely as dark as bl- or black or as bitter as a pills. Wait. The beer is rarely as dark as black or as bitter as a pills. Okay. Don't expect strongly roasted porter-like flavors. So that's a good point is that even though it is darker, it's not black, 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 it's dark. Um, and it's also, um, you know, not as bitter, which is good. You don't want to, I already mentioned earlier that sometimes Pilsners can come across with a bitter finish. And I'll be honest with you, those Pilsners are ones that I am not a big fan of. So it's good that uh, that these uh, don't have that sharp, bitter finish. And it's not going to have those strong uh you know, roasty malts characters either. So that's good. All right. The overall impression of a source beer, a, a German lager that balances roasted yet smooth malt flavors with moderate hop bitterness. The lighter body dryness and lack of a harsh burnt or heavy aftertaste helps make this beer quite drinkable. Okay. That's the overall impression. Going on to the aroma. What are we going to what are we going to pick up with our nose on this when we go and, and sniff this beer? You're going to have a low to moderate malt with a low aromatic malty sweetness and or hints of roast malt often is apparent. 
The malt can be clean and neutral or moderately rich and bready and may have a hint of dark caramel. The roast character can be somewhat dark chocolate or coffee-like, but should never be burnt. Key, never be burnt. There's a low spicy floral or herbal herbal hop aroma can be present, but it's only optional, so you don't have to have any spicy hop, you know, spicy floral or herbal herbal hop character. In fact, I think I like the ones with a low hop character myself. It's a clean lager, uh, or there's a clean lager yeast character, although a light sulfur can be possible. Well, you know what? I don't want sulfur in my beer, so no, it's going to be a clean uh, lager character. Okay. The appearance. It's going to be medium to very dark brown in color, often with deep ruby to garnet highlights, yet almost never truly black. It's going to be very clear. It's going to have large, persistent, tan-colored head. So there you go. Nice, clear. It's not going to be hazy. You're not going to be able to see through it, but you should be able to you know, tell that it's not a hazy beer. The flavor. Again, the flavor is going to kind of probably mimic the aroma. Let's see what, what it says for flavor here. It's going to be light to moderate malt flavor, which can have a clean, neutral character to a moderately rich bread malty quality. It's going to be light to moderate roasted malt flavors that can give a bitter chocolate palate that lasts into the finish, but which are never burnt. Again, we're mentioning that never burnt. This is not going to be a harsh, dark roasted beer. It's going to be light, lighter, chocolatey uh, character with maybe a little bit of uh, bitter chocolate in there. It's going to have medium low to medium bitterness, which can last into the finish. Light to moderate spicy floral or herbal hop flavor, Again, can be optional. A clean lager character. Aftertaste tends to dry out slowly and linger, featuring a hot bitterness with a complimentary but subtle roastiness in the background. Some residual sweetness is acceptable, but is not required. Yeah, I don't think that the sweetness dies off pretty quick. You know, I think you get that, that sense of sweetness with the chocolate character, but it's, and maybe some of that caramel, but it, with the hops in there, it does, you know, it is a little bit drier and does have a slight, very slight bitter character to it. How about the mouthfeel? Well, the mouthfeel will be a medium light to medium body. It's going to be moderate to moderately high carbonation, and it's going to be very smooth. There'll be no harshness or astringency despite the use of dark roasted malts. Now, let's go ahead and look at other styles that this might be similar to. So, in comparison with the Munich Dunkel, usually this is darker in color, drier on the palate, and lighter in the body, and with the noticeable but not high roasted malt edge to balance the malt base. Okay, so that's how it compares to a dunkel. Uh, should not taste like an American porter made with lager yeast. That's a key. It's not going to, again, not going to have roasty notes. It's going to have roasty notes, but not too uh, strong. Uh, it's going to be drier, less malty, with less hop character than a Czech dark lager. You know what? I'm trying to think, you know, I need to look up and see how many Czech dark lagers I've had. I've had a couple and I think, uh, uh, you know, those Czech dark lagers, they do, they do come a little bit sweeter if I remember correctly. So yeah, it's going to be, it's not going to be a sweet beer. Some vital statistics. Let's see the international bittering units, also known as IBUs. The IBUs are between 20 and 30. So again, very low in the bitterness rating. The alcohol by volume, ABV, will be between 4.4 and 5.4%, low, low alcohol 
Very nice. Not quite sessionable. Almost sessionable. Can be sessionable. I like that. It's a lager. It's a, it's a, it's a beer. It's one you can drink a couple and enjoy. Now, they provide some commercial examples here. So not only do they provide some commercial examples, guess what? I came prepared to give you some examples that I personally enjoy. And you, you know, I want to, most of these can be found around the, the, the estates. So I hope that you guys will go out and try them. But first, let's get what they said. They said, Devil's Backbone, Devil's Backbone Swartz Beer, Einbecker Swartz Beer, Eisenbahn Dunkel, Kostritzer, I can't even say it, Kostritzer Swartz Beer, Manchasov, I should have John do this, he's much better at this, Swartz Beer, and Newsler Original Bade Beer. All right, well, forget those because you're not going to find those here in the States. In fact, I looked at all these and, and looked on my own tap to see if I've ever had any of these. And no, I haven't had any of these. And I love Swartz beer. So uh, maybe I need to try them, but I can't even pronounce them. So it's going to be kind of hard for me to, to really, you know, find these things. But, but let me give you some of my choices. Here's what I recommend if you want to get dabble into this style. What I want to recommend is New Belgium's 1554 Black Lager. I love this beer. Uh, you know, when I'm going through the store and I, you know, there's nothing that really jumps out at me. And if I see 1554 in six packs, I'm going to grab it. I like this beer a lot. I, I really enjoy this beer. So this is one I recommend it. It's around the nation. New Belgium distributes to, I think, all 50 states. So you should be able to find it pretty, pretty easily when it's out. Uh, another one that I really enjoy. Uinta. Uinta is a Utah brewery and they do, you know, provide beers, um, you know, around the, uh, uh, you know, around the states. Now I'm just trying to remember. Yeah, Uinta is a Utah. I don't want to misspeak, but maybe I don't think I am. Yeah, Uinta is Utah. Uh, uh, Baba Black Lager. Ah, I love that. Like Baba Black Sheep Black Lager. Okay. Yeah, try that one. That's good. Uh, another one that is uh, one of my favorites. Now they don't reproduce this, but every couple years, so and it's and it's hard to find if you're not in the Idaho, Montana, uh, maybe Utah and, and uh, Washington area. Uh, but this is Grand Teton, my favorite Idaho brewery. Uh, they have a five o'clock shadow, uh, Swartz beer. Oh my gosh, five cap rating. I love this beer. Big giant, twenty five ounce bottles. One of their special reserves that they only do every couple of years. You got to drink this one if you got it. It's fantastic. All right. Another one is Rogue Farms Detour Black Lager. I can't even say. This is uh, one of their uh, special, yeah, Rogue Farms. So it's one of their uh, homegrown grains uh, versions, but they do all the ingredients are from their own farms. Uh, it's good. I've had this one a couple times, and I really enjoyed it. Another one that I really like, again, Full Sail Session, they have a dark black lager. Very nice, good flavor, very, very easy drinking, really enjoyable. Another one of my favorites, Tin Barrel Brewing. I know that they're not uh, independent anymore, right? They're owned by Anheuser Bush, but they still make some great beer. And Sinister Black Ale is really good. I really like that beer. So try that one. Uh, an Idaho local 
uh, Wallace Brewing. Their 1910 Black Lager, really good. Another another uh, highly rated beer in my uh, in my uh, collection. And then another five cap rating here, right in town at, at Boise, well in Garden City, from Bella Brewing. Their Bob's Lager is one of my favorites. I love that beer. Every time it's on tap and I go in there, I just I got I get a pint because I just have to have a pint of it with whatever else I'm drinking. So it's really good. So if you are in the Boise area, I recommend going to Bella, trying Bob's Lager. It's fantastic. Now, it is rotated in. It's not there all the time. So uh, it, it may take you a couple trips to get down there and find it. Okay. Well, you know what? Uh, it is the end of the show. I have talked for nearly 45 minutes, for 40 minutes, I guess, right now. And uh, I don't want to bore you any longer with my voice. I think 45 minutes straight of my voice is enough. You know what? I haven't even paused this show at all. I've only taken uh, a few sips of my beer, and uh, and I still have a half a beer late to drink, so I need to get busy. That, that's not working out. But before I go for this show, I just want to raise my glass to a few people. I'm going to start off with some of our listeners uh, that I really enjoy following on Untapped. In fact, I love following all of our listeners on Untapped. So if you know, you guys know if you follow, if I follow you and you follow me, you know I'm always toasting your guys' check-ins, uh, making comments. I enjoy that interaction. I truly love seeing what people drink, and I like to comment on it. And uh, I just want to raise my glass to Tara Carlson and James Kutzel. Uh, they, I really enjoy seeing their beer journey. You know, their uh, husband and wife going out enjoying beers. They each have their own styles that they like, and they're trying new styles. And the style they're trying right now, which I have to r lift my my glass up to, is the Goza style. And it is, it can be a tough style to get used to because the Goza does have some tartness, so it gets some of that sour in there. And it also has another flavor that can throw people off, and that's the saltiness, the salinity in the finish of this beer. I personally love it. I think that when you are drinking that uh, Goza, you have that tartness up front, but that salinity, that saltiness in the finish cuts that tartness right off and doesn't linger on. And it makes it, for me, an enjoyable drink. I love the Goza style, and I, I just want to raise my glass. I know... That it's it's hard to go out and try new things. I know you're not gonna be you know have winners every time you drink it, but I applaud you for going out and trying. And I hope that our listeners will take what they learned today with the Swartz beer, go out there and try this beer style too. Um, it's a great it's a great beer style that I I think needs to get a little more recognition. So cheers to you, Tara and James. I also need to raise my glass to Kevin Osborne. He's my beardsmith. He's the guy that takes care of my beard. Um, I, I stop in there uh, every four weeks, get a little trim, drink a beer, chat with him. He's listening to the show. He loves the show. Last time we were sitting chatting, he was, we were talking the whole time about the about the podcast and and what he likes and and he loves the interaction between John and I. He's he's actually going through and and listening all the way from the beginning through to the end. He hasn't even got to the new stuff, so he won't probably hear this. Uh, until uh, a year from now when he finishes all the other shows. But uh, he, he comments that he really enjoys uh, seeing 
you know, back when John, you know, John still comes on, but it's just now he's, uh, you know, it might be once every two months versus uh, every week. Uh, but he likes our interaction. You know, I'm more of the lively, colorful, just kind of fly by the seat of my pants kind of guy. And John's more grounded. Uh, he doesn't hesitate to let me know when I said something wrong, which is what I appreciate. I don't want to say wrong things. I don't mean to say wrong things. And we have each a different style. And, uh, and he said, yeah, sometimes John can come around, you know, come across like a real asshole. And I said, you know what? He can, but that's what makes it so great is that we have that, you know, that, that, uh, that contrast to the show. Now I've got Chris and I are doing a lot of shows together. And I think Chris and I are maybe too much alike, which is not bad either, but we'd love beer. We love doing this thing. Um, but you know, sometimes I need someone to kind of, uh, uh, to, to keep me in line. So maybe I need to find another person that, uh, that can, uh, chastise me when I'm wrong. So that's good. But Hey, I raised my glass to you, Kevin. I love chatting with you and I'm glad that you are enjoying the show and passing this show on to other listeners out there in the area that are getting their beards trimmed. And we're going to have a lot more listeners, I'm sure. All right. Also, you know, I am a former serviceman, and I have to raise my glass to all those servicemen and women out there protecting our freedoms. Thank you for your service, and please return home safely to your families very soon. And I need to raise a glass to our sponsor, B-Cups. Uh, B-Cups is a supplier of outdoor craft beer cups. Uh, they are partnering up with us, and I encourage all of our listeners to go visit their site at bcups.net or you can find them also at fermentedreality.com. And check out the world's first full line of style-specific plastic beer cups for people on the go. Whether hanging out on the beach or by the pool or hiking in the wilderness or enjoying some boating, bee cups are great for any place you can't use standard glassware. And we also have a sponsor from Tavor. We have a promo code. You can use promo code tap the craft, all one word, tap the craft. Um, and it will give any new user to Devor a $10 credit after they spend $25 on beer. So that's fantastic. So just use our code if you haven't tried Tavor and you can get $10 in credit after you spend $25. Tap the craft, all one word. And you can find the beers that I mentioned on this show in our show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you would like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at loose screw. John can be found, found on Twitter at, at prime brewing or untapped uh, at prime W a, and you can uh, follow Trek brewing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trek brewing or visit the website at trekbeer.com. And Chris McKenzie, can be found on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie82 or untapped at MCK1345. Or, of course, you can interact with him and myself on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TapTheCraft. All right. It is last call. Time to bring the show to a close. I want to thank you all for downloading and listening to the show. We ask everyone to please, please tell a friend and, of course, Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.